morning. So last week we explored Ecclesiastes 2, and uh, one of the things we honed in on is that, uh, this teacher is experiencing his life as feeling meaningless. Uh, all this stuff he's been doing, he's been uh, planting and growing and uh, um, accumulating wealth and all this stuff, and he said, it's just, it leaves me empty at the end of the day. It, it's left me feeling like life is meaningless. And he gets to a point where he says, and so I hated life. Uh, and we explored last week that I, I think that this teacher, what we have here is an episode of this person's life, not the totality of their life. We have an episode of this person's life. And, and in many ways, it's a gift to us because we've all experienced these types of episodes, haven't we? Uh, or we know someone right now in our lives who is experiencing life in this way and we can uh, connect with them and relate to them and, and this teacher is basically saying if all life is is work 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 accumulation 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 then it is just simply absurd uh, because we talked about this Hebrew word hebel which is translated meaningless it literally means vapor it's here today and tomorrow it's gone and so uh, we talked about how this teacher, even though he's in a season, I believe, of deconstructing his faith, like he, he has uh, been raised with certitude and absolutes and a sure foundation, and he gets to a point in his life where he said, I, I just don't buy it anymore. Uh, and he's beginning to deconstruct things in his faith and in his life, but he has these windows of enlightenment that allow him to begin to reconstruct and tap into things that are certain within him. Uh, and so I think Ecclesiastes 3 is one of those windows. And it's uh, um, these lyrics written 2,500 years ago that somehow still speak to us today. Uh, Bob Seger wrote this song in the 50s and the birds popularized it in the 60s. Uh, and the lyrics are 2,500 years old. There's only six words in the entire song that do not come straight out of Ecclesiastes. Only six. It's, I swear it's not too late. And turn. So that's seven words, I think. So uh, those are the only words that do not come straight out of the book of Ecclesiastes. And so something about this book continues to speak to us today, continues to resonate with us. And the, the teacher says, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Uh, we, we have a heightened awareness of what time it is in our culture, don't we? Uh, I can look right back there and I see it's 1040. You can pull out your cell phone. Most all of you have a cell phone and you know exactly what time it is. Uh, we can set alerts on our phones and we can calendarize everything and we can be reminded of the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And we have this heightened sense of what time it is. Uh, but I wonder if, if there's a different sense of time we're invited into in discerning the times. And what is the season? that we're being invited into. The teacher says there, there's a time for everything, a season for everything. And, and a lot of these things aren't things we choose. He says there's a time to be born and a time to die. We don't choose when we're born. We don't choose when we, we die. But it happens to us. And a lot of these things that follow happen to us. And so what we're invited into, what will we do with the time 
we've been given? How will we engage the time? Uh, and so when these seasons are thrust upon us, when these things happen, how will we interact? How will we engage it? Um, different cultures experience time differently, right? How many of you have been in a different country and you're like, these people just have no sense of time? Uh, they, Suzanne, how do you deal with that? Like the Philippines, they're like no sense of time, but you're like, bow, 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 bow. is that why you just moved here? Because you couldn't handle it anymore? <laughs> I'm so, sorry, I, just, I did not plan that. I just saw you and I was like, I've been to the Philippines and I know like time there is a whole, what's that? Fluid, Fluid. there you go, fluid time, yes. We, we say things like this, often, don't we? And each one of these, I bet there's something you could grab onto that you think of in your own life. Like, where did the time go? We, we've all had plenty of experiences like that, right? Where, where did the time go? Uh, there's not enough time. Uh, we often live with this feeling of, ah, there's not enough hours in the day, not enough days in the week. And, and yet, when we allow ourselves to just breathe, and recognize no, the cycles are right. God has created enough hours in the day, enough days in the week, uh, and we just we're invited into a theology of enough. Like there are enough hours in the day, there are enough uh, days in the week. I do have enough time. I do have enough. Fill in the blank. Got uh, that slide back. Uh, I'm going to make the most of my time. We all have that feeling, don't we? We want to make the most of our time. I can't wait for the next time. Uh, I've been waiting for this time to come. I wasted my time. Uh, we can all relate to that, can't we? I'm sure we can all just think back on this past week and identify a time. Uh, yep, I, I wasted my time. Um, when will my time coming? Time is running out. I don't want this time to end. I don't want this time to arrive. Do you remember that time? And so we have all these different ideas and different experiences of time, don't we? Um, I, uh, I heard that there's a, a game later today, just a little game, um, between these two fellows and their teams, of course. Uh, I can't do it with our team. Uh, I, I have a confession to make. I had no idea who Jared Goff was. I had no idea he was born and raised in Novato until th about three weeks ago. Uh, and I was like, because I was going to root for the Saints. And then someone's like, you realize Jared Goff is from Novato, right? And I was like, no. Uh, and so I have a little bit of a dilemma. And I'm not huge into sports. I haven't seen a single game this season, although we, we are going to a little Super Bowl party, so I will get to see the Super Bowl. But uh, I have a little dilemma, because Jared Goff's from Novato, but I'm from Michigan. And um, what's his name there? <laughs> Tom Brady. Uh, <laughs> he was the quarterback at University of Michigan. Uh, so I get it. He's got five rings. He, he, it's Jared Goff's time, right? So I'll probably, but here's the thing. Th this game, at the end of it, time will run out. And one of these teams will have won and one will have lost. And if it's a good game, one of the teams will have this feeling of, 
if we just had more time on the clock. It would have been a different outcome. Uh, and I think we can often live with that phrase. If I just had more time. Uh, and this morning, I want us to think through and wrestle with the question of uh, what does it look like to live from a deeper place that transcends time and yet lives within time and, and lives with a deep sense of, I have enough time. And I want to use this time I've been given well and for God's glory. Uh, so time, we experience time differently in different contexts, don't we? Like, next slide. Right. What does time feel like here? <laughs> oh, horrible, isn't it? Uh, compared to driving here. It's a different sense of time, isn't it? Or uh, here, being in a waiting room. Uh, where other people are coughing and hacking and you're just like, when will I get called back? Or uh, if you're in a pediatrician's office, when is my child going to get called back? I brought my child here because they're sick and I just brought them into a room of sick people. Uh, or if it's a waiting room where you're waiting to hear from the doctor test results. That time slows down, doesn't it? And it just feels like it can take forever to get the news and hear the results. Uh, compared to this, when, when you're experiencing life with friends and, or having a dinner party, like it can be just a delightful time. And you can have this feeling of, I don't want this time to end, unless you're a really serious introvert and you're like, I can't wait for this to be over. Um, or this uh, can just feel like the rat race in cubicle world and watching the clock and I can't wait until the work day is over and I can just go home or go do something else compared to this which for some people is just a great time. It's not for me, I got to admit. Uh, I'm not a fan. Uh, and so I'm kind of like this kid if I went to Disney. Um, but uh, it's a, time is experienced differently by different people in different contexts. Um, and so this teacher is talking about time between when we're born and when we die. Uh, so the opening stanza of this poem, everything else falls within it. A time to be born, a time to die. Then a time to plant and a time to uproot. He's saying uh, not only physically tilling the ground, but also there, there are times to plant things in our lives and times to assess our lives and say that thing is no longer producing fruit. And so it's time to uproot it. It's time to pull it out, a uh, time to tear down and a time to build. There are, there are seasons of our lives where we're invited to tear things down, get the clutter out, uh, deconstruct in order to reconstruct and rebuild and reimagine and redream something for the next season. A time to weep and a time 
to laugh. The, the Apostle Paul would later say, weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. There, there's something uh, beautiful here handed down to us from God who created us in the divine image that, that we have a God who weeps with us in our brokenness, in our heartache, uh, in a deeply broken and marred world. And we have a God who celebrates life and joy and delight in our lives as well. And we're invited into those things. And so these things, all these things the teacher does within the scope of being born and dying, things in this life. But then... The teacher says this after the poem. In verse 11, he says, He, God, has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. And so the teacher says that there's a time to be born and a time to die. And all this stuff happens between the time of being born and the time of dying. And yet, there is something within you that is timeless. There is something within you that is eternal. Uh, You know, sometimes we might say uh, of a young person, they have an old soul. Well, of course they do. It's something God has planted there that is eternal. They've just woken up to it. They've just had the grace, a, a gift of grace to wake up to that eternal thing that's always been there, that that is present. And that is the invitation for us, to wake up to this thing that God has implanted within the human heart from the beginning, this, this reality that God has placed eternity in our hearts. So while we live in a time-bound world, there is something within us that is timeless. And we're invited to tap into that. What does it look like to live from the eternal within as we engage a time-bound world? I, I think when we tap in to the eternal within, we will have a sense from God's Spirit of how to engage these different seasons that we're given how to engage these different times that we're invited into. Because, like I said, so many of these different seasons are, are thrust upon us. We don't necessarily choose them. Some of them are, sometimes are just thrust upon us. And we get to choose what we will do with them, how we will interact with them. Will we tap into the eternal within us from God? Uh, uh, Jesus talks about it in John 7. He, he talks about it as a river of flowing water which is the Spirit. Will we tap in to the Spirit within us, leading us and guiding us and convicting us and inviting us into the next best thing and to live from that deep place within that is timeless as we engage a time-bound world? Uh, Next slide. We still have Eden in our veins. We have eternity in our hearts. 
our souls long for purpose in this life and beyond this life. Uh, the ancient story we're given in Eden, the four a broken world, the four heartache and sin and destruction. Uh, there's something deep and beautiful there. And now the reality of living in, living in a fallen and broken world, uh, we still have Eden in our veins. Like that, that gift, that divine image has not ceased to exist. Eternity in our hearts has not ceased to exist. And so we, we need God's grace to tap into it so we can live in this broken, time-bound world well and with health and with delight. This is a gift from God. God has made everything beautiful in its time. And God has placed eternity in the human heart. Uh, Jesus talks about it this way. He says, uh, the coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed, nor will people say, here it is, or there it is, because the kingdom of God is within you. Uh, and so this kingdom that Jesus came to reveal to us and, and to push into the, the, this reign of God that, that Jesus came to reveal more fully, uh, Jesus says, and, and it's inside you. Uh, the Old Testament word for kingdom, if you will, is, is shalom, uh, peace, universal flourishing. Uh, all is right, all is well. The sense of beautiful, harmonious relationships with God and others and self and the world God's entrusted us with. Uh, and, and Jesus is saying, you already have it. It already exists within you. And I've come to wake you up to this reality, this way of living, this invitation to live from eternity that's been placed within us. The Apostle Paul said this, next slide. He said, but when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship, because you are his sons and daughters, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. Uh, that is a beautiful promise. God has sent his spirit into our hearts. When the time had fully come, God sent his son. Uh, when we come and partake of the bread and the cup, we, we remember this Jesus who came, who lived a perfect, beautiful life, who died on the cross for us, and who rose again. We, we remember this Jesus. You can go back to that Galatians slide. This Jesus who came sent by God, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem us. That we are no longer under the old covenant, the old law. We're, we get to experience this invitation that Jesus came to reveal to us, this invitation to wake up to God's kingdom within us and all around us. God's spirit 
which is a gift from God, and to live from that. Uh, and so for me, uh, I long to tap into eternity within me, and, and I long to see you tap into it. Uh, I long to tap into the kingdom within me, and I long to see you tap into the kingdom within you and live from that. And part of the beauty of community is we're, we're not only entrusted and invited to wake up to eternity within us, but we're entrusted and invited to help others wake up to it and to draw it out of them. And God invites us to allow eternity to be drawn out of us as we live in this time-bound world, and he invites us to draw eternity out of each other. Because that would change everything. If we tapped into eternity within us and started tapping into eternity within each other, it would change everything. If we really believed eternity is within me, the kingdom is within me, the spirit is within me, and we lived from that place, and we drew it out of others as well. This is part of why Jesus came, to wake us up to that. This Jesus, who on the night he was betrayed, took the bread and broke it. He said, this is my body, which is given for you. Take it and eat it in remembrance of me. And in the same way, Jesus took the cup and he said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Take it and drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. God, thank you for these ancient writings and how they still speak to us today. God, I pray that you would give us a gift of grace to become more and more aware of eternity that you have placed within us, your kingdom, your spirit, and that we would live from that place. God, as we take the bread this morning and dip it in the cup, May we be a people who remember your death on the cross for us and the power of your resurrection. May we live into that resurrected life today and always. In the name of Jesus, amen.